0: What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham, Justin Treece, and Dan for coming to you today for a Gambler's Anonymous episode. We're going to give you our five, what is it, betting parlays. Is we're doing this individual bets. You put them together as a parlay, and then we're going to get into some fantasy sleepers and our fantasy favorites heading into this year. Some of you guys have probably already had your drafts, but at the same time, if you haven't, don't even worry about it because we have our sleepers and the things that we are most excited about this year heading into fantasy football but first off, before we get into our bets, Mr. Dan Kiefer and Justin Trees, how you boys doing?
1: Man, it's great. Good to be back. And uh, you know the grass is a little greener. The air is a little more crisp when we get to start doing betting. So uh, it's, it's about time we got started. My bank account's a little too high right now. So glad we can do some gambling, take care of that.
0: Absolutely. I love it. And uh, I'm from Missouri, for those of you who may not know. But I live right along the Missouri-Kansas uh, state line borders. Um, and the great state of Kansas has a legalized sports betting, but Missouri uh, had an opportunity to do it at the same time and said, you know what, actually, we're just going to kind of go ahead and make a bad decision here and, and not pass it. So luckily for me, it doesn't affect me because I can just move, move my way over to Kansas, just about a five minute drive, place these bets and we're good to go. So I cannot wait to see my bank account either take a huge jump or a huge fall heading into the season, but now getting into the betting, Trece, what is your first bet of the day that you just think is an absolute lock for the weekend? Yeah,
2: uh, first off, I want to beg Austin, you are in the same boat. Obviously, I live in Utah, not legal, but Arizona it is, and I'm a 10-minute drive from there. Been doing that a lot recently in NBA playoffs, golf, and now football season, ready to rock and roll. I have a few parlays already made for this weekend, um, but to start us off, I am going to go with The Michigan Wolverines against Colorado state university at minus 27 and a half is the number high. Yes, it is. It can, it can make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but Michigan has been dominating in their week one games recently. They also bring back nine offensive starters, nine, including their quarterback. And they did lose. They did lose Haskin to the draft, but Blake Corum their backup running back averaged 6.7 yards per rush last year. And it wasn't this small sample size of like 30 rushes. It was over 140 rushes. This dude is going to ball out this year. I think this offense is going to be fantastic. The defense worries me a teeny bit because they only have four returning starters, but you want to know what? We can make fun of hardball as much as we want, except for last year, obviously he did great, but like he brings defensive players in like on a regular basis. So I think they're going to be fine. And Colorado State, man, three and nine last year, only six returning starters on each side of the ball. And I just don't really trust this Colorado State team. They they were getting blown out at times last year. So give me Michigan at minus 27
0: and a half. Absolutely love that. For me, my first bet that I'm taking here to start the day is going to be the University of Cincinnati playing the university of arkansas and i'm going to take the over at 52 and a half um i think when you look at arkansas and some of the guys that they're bringing back jefferson is coming back they're starting quarterback so you're excited about that if you're a razorback fan but then you also look at cincinnati and the fact that they hey successful season last year we know they lost a lot you know seniors the upperclassmen and stuff but i still think the fact that you kept your head coach you went 13 and one last year Things are still going in the right direction. Ben Bryant is your new starting quarterback. He's also a senior, but at the same time, he's a transfer. So the guy has starting experience. When you look at Cincinnati, they may not be as good as they were last year, but it's the fact that you still have everything in place on the core pieces um, of who your team is and your organization. I shouldn't, almost say organization of your university and your program. So I think when you look at this matchup between Cincinnati and Arkansas, I think that there is a, a great possibility of it being a high-scoring ball game, to where they're at least scoring 57 points apiece.
1: Yeah. I love that. Anytime 27, we 27,
0: excuse me, my God, not 57. Good, good night.
1: Anytime we can get our bear cats on the pod in a bet. I'm here for it. Uh, I think Josh Wiley probably has a big game coming back as probably their most dominant offensive weapon for me. This line of the week and help myself Utah state going down to Bama. Utah state is a 41 point dog folks. And we're riding with them. Last week, they were on upset alert from UConn, which by Jim Mora Jr. Yes, that Jim Mora Jr. And I think it was a trap. They were were looking ahead in the schedule to Bama. Everybody gets hyped up. The number one team in the country. Now, I'm not saying Utah State's going to win. I'm not saying they even sniff getting close to Alabama. I'm saying they stay within 41 points, probably 35, 38, somewhere in there. Going to sweat a little. This is a team that cannot stop the run in Utah State. So, yeah, Jabari Gibbs probably going to have 200 yards. Last week from UConn, Nate Carter went for 2,190 against them. So, Jabari Gibbs is going to have a huge game. That means the clock's going to move. Bama's not going to have a chance to put up, you know, 70 like we've seen him do against non-conference schools in the past. So, uh, give me Utah State to cover at plus 41. We just went around this and we give me a uh, fake it. All right. Yeah. Then probably my favorite bet of the week coming up next is Coastal Carolina, a two and a half point favorite hosting army. Our Chanticleers, Clears. Remember them from three years ago, three years ago? Grace McCall is still there, folks. And he is probably the most efficient quarterback in the country in terms of uh you know not turning the ball over, not throwing incompletions. This is gonna be a super fun game in terms of offense. If you like running the ball, establish established runs teams running variations of that triple option like coast carolina for two and a half against army
0: boom love it next up i'm going oklahoma favored by 30 and a half against utep now when you look at oklahoma i'm sure there's some people questioning the fact of like ooh, they lost lincoln riley they lost caleb williams they lost a stud receiver hey i'm a texas fan but i have to admit this and i gotta say it oklahoma still oklahoma All right, you're going to be fine. Brent Venables is your new head coach. He has experience coaching successful teams. He's from Oklahoma. So the fact that he just gets to be one of those guys that's pretty much coming home and take over this, and the fact that you brought in Dylan Gabriel as a transfer. Guy was an absolute stud last year for UCF. Am I correct? I don't want to get that school wrong or get him wrong as well. But the guy, I shouldn't say the guy, the kid, was just an absolute stud. So the fact that he's coming over to Oklahoma, you still have some good weapons. You're still going to have a decent defense but you're playing UTEP to start the year. I think you're you're beating them and blowing them out of the water by 30 and a half points should be done with absolute no question. And to be completely frank and honest with you, if you don't, I would be a little bit concerned. I also love this game. Um, UTEP looked
2: really bad last weekend. Oklahoma is going to be a s- still studs, right? So I actually really like this game as well. Um, I am going to go to an under- to just start off the season here and I'm going to go the under 52 on the Georgia Oregon game. So yes, this game is Saturday afternoon. It gets the whatever that is three 30 Eastern time, two 30 um, central time game slot, Georgia losing. We know, we know they lost basically their entire defense, right? I think they lost eight, eight of their 11 guys. Offensively, they do bring back seven starters, but they, they lost basically their playmakers, right? They're losing their wide receivers. They're losing both their running backs. They still bring back Bowers and Gilbert, both tight ends. that should be studs. Um, Stenson is, uh, Stenson Bennett is back, which is great. Oregon, their new head coach, is was the uh, Georgia defensive coordinator at one point. So that's going to be interesting. I think he's going to kind of know what they're going to do. Oregon brings back a lot of players, which does concern me a little bit that they might be able to get some stuff going, but they are bring it is a new running back and a new quarterback, Bo Nix, Auburn co- quarterback, former Auburn quarterback is going to be the starter for Oregon. So that makes things interesting, but my guess is this plays out. I don't want to say similar to that Georgia Clemson game last year on week one, but kind of in that area where, we're going to see like maybe like a 14, 24, 14, 28 type game. And that is going to hit the under. So um, I'm taking the under. I do wish it was about 54. Like that would be ideal, but 52 still going with it. And just trusting my gut that both of these offenses start off a little slow. And um, yeah, that's it. So there's the Georgia Oregon game. My number three game, BYU minus 12. Against UCF, BYU is bringing back so many players. Bringing back their quarterback, who a lot of people are hyping up for the draft. UCF has been hot garbage lately. BYU is going to cover this game strictly just because they have better talent and better coaching. Like I don't have a ton of stats on this game, just because it is just I just know that US USF is just not a very good football team. So give me BYU at minus 12 at
0: home against USF. Boom, absolutely love it. For me, I'm going to take my next game at Clemson, favored by 21 and a half over Georgia Tech. Teresa, I like how you mentioned the game last year between Clemson and Georgia it was just kind of not a very high scoring game. You mentioned a little bit ago. I think when we look at the comparison of Clemson last year to this year, is almost how I want to view Ohio State last year versus this year. It was just a little bit of a down year. It's just a little bit of a hiccup where you have some guys that are stepping into a role that maybe they thought would be in a way easier than what it was. You're like, oh, wow. Okay. This is, you know, a lot faster. I got to be, you know, quicker my decision-making. I got to be more mature in the way I go about game planning for stuff, the decisions that I make during the week leading up to this game. And I think that's what we're going to see with DJ, the quarterback for the University of Clemson, and then playing Georgia Tech this year. I think Clemson is one of those teams that's, I want to say being overlooked, but at the same time, they're not because I think everyone also has the same expectation of like maybe last year was just a little bit of a down year. And I'm not saying DJ is going to be as good as CJ Stroud, but it would be pretty darn cool if it was because I just those another quarterback in the mix heading into the draft this year or just draft prospects to talk about of like, hey, this guy's living up to the hype that we thought he should be. Last year, he did not. So Clemson playing Georgia Tech favored by 21 and a half. Boom. Lock it in. Absolutely loving it.
1: Yeah, love that. I love that, Austin. Anytime you can uh, get Clemson on. I know Treese has got quite a few of their players on his fantasy team, so I'm sure he'll be rooting for it. Another thing we should be rooting for is his youth are heading down to the swamp to play those Florida Gators. Youth's probably a surprising to some three-point favorite, and I'm riding with them. I think Utah continues to be one of the most underrated programs in the Nation. Florida gets a lot of name value, and it seems like every year they disappoint, right? Outside of when they had Kyle Pitts playing offensive juggernaut by himself. They don't use their playmakers, right? Anyone that drafted Damian Pearson fantasy football knows that. They don't use their playmakers. So I'm actually riding Utah. I think they get out. I think uh Tevin Thomas establishes a run early. I think Utah should really be a seven, seven and a half point favorite in this game. If I can get them at three, I'm taking them with Utah. Next game. This one's for the degenerates out there. Nevada is currently up. we Texas State. Nevada squeaked by last weekend with a victory over New Mexico State, 23-12. And we got Big Cox at quarterback. Six-foot-nine, Nate Cox at quarterback. Everybody coming into his, his third career start. He started the Quick Lane Bowl in last year, and then obviously last weekend at New Mexico State. fishing. Efficient seven out of 11, not what we've seen from Nevada, usually more of an air it out type team. I think this game does stay low scoring. Uh, if the under is like 55 or under, I'd probably flirt with that. But in a pick 'em, Nevada and Texas State, give me Nevada.
0: (laughs) Absolutely love it. My next matchup, I'm going to take the West Virginia University matchup versus the Pittsburgh. University of Pittsburgh matchup here. I got a Pitt state near to me here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. The only university in the nation with a mascot, that's a gorilla. So a little fun fact for you guys or if you didn't know. Also right there in Kansas, like I mentioned, the great state of earlier allowing or legalizing sports betting. But I'm taking the University of Pittsburgh here versus West Virginia. Their game is at 50 and a half. I'm going to take the over on this. And a lot of people are sitting here looking at it be like, okay, hey, you've already taken it over, taken a spread. Now you you know and me gone two spreads here. Here's my deal. I like going the overs on some of these because I feel a little bit more confident in terms of just taking, you know, the the point spread there. But again, when you got games like Oklahoma versus UTEP, I'm a little bit more comfortable at Clemson versus Georgia Tech. Maybe a little bit of a trap game for me there. But at the same time, risk it for the biscuit. That's where I'm at. So but West Virginia here versus Pitt, the overs at 50 and a half. I absolutely love this. West Virginia got a transfer quarterback in. So did Pittsburgh. I sit here and I think when you look at these quarterbacks and these offenses, Pittsburgh was a high scoring offense last year. And depending on who you ask, Pittsburgh might make it to the college football playoff this year. And if they are going to, you're going to have to start off by scoring some points. Do that week one right here against West Virginia. I'm absolutely about it. So I'm taking this game again on the over at 50 and a half. Love it. I like
2: that. I like that. And I mean, you like that? I know. You like I, that? I mean, you like that? Um, I it's shocking to me how many people are high on Pittsburgh though, like this year. Like it's it really is surprising to me. I mean, like maybe I'm already spoiling it, but like next week, like they're getting knocked off by
0: Tennessee. Like Tennessee going to beat them at home next week. Just call it. What it if right they now. don't? They they will. If they don't though, are you putting res- are you going to put respect on Pittsburgh's name?
2: Not as a college football playoff team no. but but are they? Better than what I think. Yes, I will give them yeah. that.
0: So I mean, this is right. honestly the matchup of former USC quarterbacks. Totally, because JT Daniels is at West Virginia, and then Kendon Slow or uh, yeah, Kendall Slovis is right here at Pittsburgh. Yep, yep, yep. exactly, yep. exactly. I like it. So, all right,
2: moving on. I have San Diego State minus six versus Arizona. This Arizona team is coming off a one in eleven season. They do bring back a fair amount of starters. Seven on offense, eight on eight on defense. So that's, that's a good sign for them, but they were still just so bad last year. I mean, they only put up over 20 points twice last year, only twice. And then you have San Diego state who's coming off being a ranked team, went 12 and two do lose a fair amount of players, but they're bringing back a lot of their defensive players. I believe it's eight defensive players they're bringing back and then only five offensive players, but San Diego state just finds ways to get good offensive players. Like if if it's a tight end an H back running back, like they always bring out guys. So I have faith that they're going to continue to do that. These guys played last year and San Diego state whooped up on them 38, 14, and this spreads only six. And I know, and this, now it's at home that was on the road. So now you got San Diego state at home only minus six against Arizona. I feel very, very confident about this game. So give me San Diego state there. The next one sorry go ahead
0: no i was getting ready to cut you off there because i forgot we're doing snake draft we're doing snake draft let me shut my mouth let me shut my mouth we
2: are good the next one is this is for the degenerates here ladies and gentlemen i'm going the over 49 and a half with virginia tech and old dominion yes i said old dominion Old Dominion is bringing back 10 starters on offense folks, 10 and 7 on defense. This team is going to win some ball games and they are going to put up points. Last year they ended the season putting up 56, 24, 30, 47. And they're they're going to be doing that. Is Virginia Tech a better talent than what they were doing against those teams? Yes, they are. But you want to know what They're still going to be playmakers on this field. They're still going to be putting up points. Do we think Virginia Tech wins this game? Absolutely we do. But I believe that Old Dominion can put up 21, 24 points. And if they're putting up that, then this game is clearly hitting the over if we still believe Virginia Tech's going to win and win by a good margin here. So give me that Virginia Tech. Their offense is going to be interesting because they're only bringing back four starters this year. It's going to be fun to see like how they all play out, how how it all meshes together. But I have confidence in that coaching staff that they're going to be able to set the tone early against a undersized Old Dominion team.
1: I got really excited, Trace. I, I quick looked up because it's Virginia Tech, and I was like, wait a second, I think it's a Friday game. And it is a Friday game, which meant it was a Friday night game, which meant it was possible to be an enter the Sandman game. Instead, it's at Old Dominion, so never mind. I guess we'll just continue on. no, uh, no one of the best things in college football. Was so Dad. close to getting hyped. I <laughs> you was excited. Just, I was just excited. right
0: there. Uh, blue balls have been initiated. So now let's get into my next bet here, and this rounds up my uh, five-game parlay. I'm going to take North Carolina State, favored by 11.5 versus East Carolina. And I'm going to be blatantly honest with you guys. I don't really know what's going on with North Carolina State, but if you ask my guy, Mello, he's very, very high on him right now. He thinks they're going to have a successful year, possibility they might even win the ACC. And I was just like, all right, man, you know, I'll let you have your own thoughts and opinions on it. I'm not sitting here and going to judge you, but at the same time, I'm not going to act like an expert and know what's going on. But I did realize here that Treese has five different bets. Dan has five different bets. And you better fucking believe that I'm also going to have my own separate five bets. And that's where I'm at here with North Carolina beating East Carolina by 11 and a half. It ends out my parlay. I'm probably heading over to Kansas this weekend to do it because sports betting again is legalized September 1st, and I can't wait to win me some big old cash of money.
2: Sorry, one sorry Dan, before you jump in here, one know I love this game. North Carolina State's bringing back 10 starters on defense. And that's exactly you, why
0: I love them. I mean, yeah, I'm a exactly. pack.
2: And seven offensive starters, including Leary, who a lot of people have as, like, one of the top quarterbacks in this draft class. Same. Um, yep, same. Exactly what you were thinking. I love this. So, all for it. Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. No,
1: no, no. I love it. I. Uh, hey, It. yeah, why not? NC State, let's roll. Uh, my <laughs> final game. My final game. And if you've been following along, you knew this was coming. This has been torturing me all week. And I couldn't wait any longer. I've been waiting all year to bet on Purdue. And I'm taking him out of the gate the Thursday night game. I'm going to ruin my weekend. I'm doing it early. Purdue and State. Purdue is a three-and-a-half-point dog. I love this team. Aiden O'Connell could be your late riser. Nobody's heard of quarterback that just comes in and balls out this year. Purdue is always a fun offense. And I think the key is going to be the Iowa transfer Charlie Jones. Mr. Jones and me, if you throw it back, Jones played AAU football with Aiden O'Connell. These guys are boys, and they friends. They boyfriends, okay? The chemistry is there. They're gonna ball out. I love it. I think I'm probably gonna end up taking me over in this game as well give me the offense brent pry is gone from penn state manny diaz miami manny diaz is in as the defensive coordinator first game as a dc there i think he's a good d coordinator but i don't think he's ready for the o'connell jones show also shout out brock thompson so give me purdue boilermakers choo-choo here comes the
0: train you better get off the tracks because they're coming in hot Oh, Absolutely. That is it. like
1: that is like low key and elite logo. By the way, Purdue the Boilermakers, like sneaky good, sneaky yeah, good. They is. didn't they didn't take the easy out by using like an animal or something like that. uh So well, if they win,
0: locomotive train.
1: If, if they win, I'm buying a Purdue T-shirt. uh yeah. Last year, I bought a Cincinnati T-shirt. If they win, I'm buying a. If they cover, if they cover, I'm buying a Purdue T-shirt.
0: So One they have to that- cover. Not even a W they you better all strength.
1: they have to do is cover all they have to
2: do is cover i believe they just it. have to
1: cover they just, just have win to cover. me the damn bed that's all i want just yeah. win
2: me the bed yeah win money. i don't ask for um, a lot i don't yeah. just win me the bed I don't you really don't um so one one of the things that me and my buddy used to do we haven't done in a few years now but like w- one of my favorite traditions is like from like 12 to like i don't know mid-20s we used to do this uh we would buy the team hat of the team that we thought was going to win the national championship and we'd have to just rock it all year long like that's the hat we wore all season and it was awesome dude, i'm not wearing an ohio state hat
0: won't do it and i'm not yeah, about to wear an alabama hat myself so
2: that's fair that's fair but back in the day it wasn't always alabama right like yeah. so oh
0: so yeah anyways. like back like what 30 years ago yeah it was good times <laughs>
2: yeah as the yeah, dude just wearing the a like, nebraska hats the, the dude that's like a year younger than me. Um, so I don't know. You're more than a year younger than me. Uh, right. You don't have to say it. So, okay. <laughs> so now we got to make the talking football parlay. So we're going to do a five-game parlay here. What are our favorite five bets between these 15 that we believe or we feel the strongest about? So let's just go one by one. You guys get to pick one game of your own, and then we'll combine we'll, – we'll pick our two favorites. So, Dan – which one is your favorite bet that you feel most
1: confident? Uh, me, Coastal Carolina, hosting Army as a two-and-a-half point favorite. I think that's pretty lock. I also feel
2: that way.
0: Yep. Uh, for me, my first one is going to be Cincinnati versus Arkansas taking it over at 52-and-a-half. I feel like that's going to be a high-scoring ball game. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, <sighs> yeah. I'm going
2: to take I'm going to take BYU minus 12. I know USF has brought back a lot of starters, but I just believe this BYU team is pretty damn good this year. So I'm going to take BYU minus 12. All right. Now we move on. Now we got to figure out out of the favorites, who are our next favorites here that we truly, truly like. I will say I like the
0: NC state minus 11 and a half. I do like it. Okay. And I was going to say, I really like the Utah minus three at Florida. Okay. so i was gonna train. say
1: i was vibes i mean Treese, you're gonna be at the game
0: exactly and
1: i mean the i think we bet on the highest of highs for your mood and we don't worry yes. about the lowest of lows
2: i love it okay Couldn't so have said it put, any better myself we we put we put utah there by the way i got them at two and a half last weekend i was pumped about it so what a king what a king, you know. So love love seeing that. I'm not I'm not worried about I'm not worried about no fucking tie is what I'm getting at. I'm not pushing shit, is what why I mentioned that. I ain't here to push. I hate yeah. Also, solid numbers,
1: Fred. Also line.
2: for the for the record, for people that are betting or new to betting, the key is always to bet uh, tie equals win. For the record. That's the mm-hmm. that's the only way to do it. The the payout is always a little bit smaller, obviously. But then you never have to worry about it, and you get that extra – basically, you're just paying for that extra half a point. So, ties equal wins is the best way to bet. Boom. So, okay, so, we we got one more to go. What, what are we
0: feeling, boys? You mentioned the uh, NC State 11.5 over East Carolina. I also like the Michigan 27.5 over Colorado State.
1: Yeah, I don't uh, – I like NC State. Michigan, I have this weird feeling because they haven't named a starting quarterback. They're doing this weird uh, yep. Cade McNamara starting one game, and then um, his name's escaping me. It's like J.J. McCarthy, something like that. It's starting the uh, second game, and I just don't love them not saying, this is our guy. Yep, yep.
2: Okay, so.
1: I think both are good. I think both are good. I just think anytime you do that, it just it just seems off to me. I still think they, you know, they roll. But I feel better about NC State personally,
0: personally. Yeah, right on.
2: I'm good with that. Okay, so the official week one college football parlay. Coastal Carolina, minus two and a half against Army. Cincy versus Arkansas, over 52 and a half. BYU, minus 12 versus USF. Utah, go Utes, minus three at Gainesville. Love to see it heading there tomorrow, and then NC State minus the 11 and a half first East Carolina. There we go, folks. you got to believe. you just got to believe. believe. Is Let's there a ride. T-shirt that
1: says that you would got to believe? God, I don't know, i love That's it. such they an easy.
0: If there's not, win. we're starting merch right now, and that's our first fucking T-shirt.
2: I love it. I Honestly, like – Fuck it! If Utes win this weekend, like, fuck, I'll make I'll it. I'll make it for all of us. Utes, oh gotta sweet, win. dude! Yeah. I'm get like
1: two shirts this week. Fuck it!
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, uh. okay. that's awesome. Okay. So as we mentioned, we do have some fantasy info here. And again, yes, as I said, a lot of people had their fantasy drafts last weekend, but last weekend and this upcoming weekend are the two most popular weekends for fantasy. And so we want to just give out, you know, a few tidbits of like just some thoughts that we have, you know, it's not, I don't think anything is breaking news or anything. It's just like things that like we truly have kind of felt. So um, I'll start off and we'll kind of just do the same thing we just did um, on the picks boys. So, Teams, people are afraid to draft Christian McCaffrey, and I think it's a mistake. I still Christian McCaffrey is still the best player when he is on the field. Yes, I understand the last two years he's only played eight games. Um, I understand that. It is risky, and if you don't want to take him number one, I don't blame you, but he 1,000% is a top three pick, still in fantasy, and when he's healthy and you're watching him put up 28- 30 points a game, it's going to happen. Matt Rule is fighting for his job. He knows he has to ride Christian McCaffrey to keep his job, and that's what's going to happen, and that's what you need for fantasy is opportunity and the ball in his hands. So Christian McCaffrey, don't be afraid to draft him.
0: Bingo, bingo. For me, I'm taking Allen Robinson. This is the first time in this guy's career we've seen him with an actual quarterback that's you know, willing to throw him the ball accurately down the field and allow him to go get those jump balls, or at the same time just make plays anywhere and everywhere on the field. Now, in saying that, Cooper Cup's numbers are going to go down. Now, I'm not saying Cooper Cup's not going to have a great year either, but it's just the fact of what he did last year was historic. But we also need to realize we're probably not going to see that again, especially at a Cooper Cup here, what the other weapons that he has, other weapon, I should say, across from him and Allen Robinson. And so within saying that, I like Allen Robinson this year, and I'm excited to see what he can do in this offense for the Rams.
1: Yeah, hey, uh, mine is, isn't is really a player per se. It's more of just a tip, and that's wide receiver is, once again, stupid deep. We do this every year. There's so many good wide receivers. We're living in an era of aerial football. And if we're talking about guys that can finish top five you know, or top five potential, Instead of taking, you know, a Cooper Cup in the first, like you just said, Austin, he's probably not going to repeat that historical season. So instead of using that first round pick on Cooper Cup, why don't you just wait two rounds and get a Stephon Diggs? Or wait three rounds and get a Michael Pittman. You know, guys that still have that top five upside. I think Stephon Diggs has an outside chance at finishing as wide receiver one. You know, he's with Josh Allen, folks. That could just happen. So my tip is to wait on wide receiver if you can. Obviously, if there's a Justin Jefferson late round one, jump on that. But don't feel pressured into one of those top wide receivers because wide receiver 10 or 12 off the board could definitely finish top five. Where if you look at running back, you know, I don't feel the same way about Ezekiel Elliott that I do Stephon Diggs. So maybe prioritize those running backs early if you have the opportunity. Uh, My next tip is uh, Devonta Smith. Wide receivers, stupid. Go get the discount, folks. A.J. Brown does not stay healthy. He just doesn't. I'm sorry, I love him. He's a good player. I think this is gonna be a 1A, one B, two number ones in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts has been playing with Devonta Smith basically since both of them were getting potty trained. Okay, they've been together forever. The chemistry is there. Devonta Smith has rumored bulked up, so I'm sure he's up to a 170 pounds now, soaking wet. Okay. Either way, this dude catches everything. He runs smooth routes, he's been in the offense, everything is there. So take Devonta Smith late and then feel smart about it for the rest of the thing. Therese, I don't know if
2: you're what are we doing? Are you blessing me? I'm sorry, I wanted you to finish, but there's been an NFL trade that I want to bring up. Cha- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has been traded to the Eagles. And Breaking the news.
0: Eagles. I
2: think I honestly love that for the Eagles. I now, think, the, now
1: they're going to talk shit all the time. All Dude, the time. He, was the, he was like the soul of the Saints defense. Yeah. So, yeah. so Michael Thomas won. Michael Thomas won. Yeah, I guess
2: so. I guess so. That's crazy. So they were trying to get an extension. It broke down, and then they were just like, all right, we're going to just trade you instead.
1: That's crazy. Real. Um,
0: wow. Okay. Caps real. <laughs> yeah, you had to say it. Okay. Another um, so T-shirt idea, by the way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, www.talkingfootball.com
0: for all your merch yeah. needs
2: exactly soon enough i'll make a website Do we know in, how to make three three, you better make a three website three.
1: today man I've, yeah. I've
2: literally yes i've made like three or four and uh in the last like two years so i'll just make another one give me a couple
0: weeks Fuck right. it. <laughs> so next up for me my uh next fantasy sleeper favorite this year is gonna be deandre swift In Detroit, I almost said the University of Detroit. There's no need for me to say university because this is an NFL organization, a franchise here, and I am absolutely rooting for the Lions this year. Hashtag one pride. So with that, DeAndre Swift's going to have an incredible year. I'm excited to see what the Lions do. I know if you watch Hard Knocks, there's some people questioning the fact of that. Well, you know, he's kind of getting his butt chewed out a little bit about, you know, maybe not hitting the hole hard enough. But at the same time, look at what he says first. You could be one of the best running backs in the league. You have the potential. You have the stardom there. I also think Hard Knocks is doing a pretty good job at not showing how great DeAndre Swift has been in camp or how well he's doing because I do think this is the year of DeAndre Swift. I think this is the year we look at it and go, okay, last year was Jonathan Taylor. This year's DeAndre Swift. And then I'm going to sit here, I'm going to look at my Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm going to say, why the fuck did we take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at number 32 in the round one when we had these two guys also sitting right there? So all in all...
1: You have Isaiah Pacheco now.
0: Yeah, that's and, cool. He's not dealing with. And Ronald split. Jones,
1: he got Ronald Jones, man.
0: Yeah, yeah I can't believe that. Honestly, it's just I guess uh, preseason week three uh, is really what just solidified his role there in Kansas City. Good for him. I'm excited about Isaiah Pacheco. We'll see though. You know what I mean? I remember hearing this about Darwin Thompson a couple of years, just tearing it up through camp. Looks uh, good in one preseason game. I, I I mean I'll believe it when I see it. You know. Free 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 T-shirt idea uh, for the Chiefs is uh we go
1: as Pacheco. It took me a
0: second. It took me a second. I'm I would wear it. <laughs> of course you would. It, of course you would. So all right. Okay.
2: Um, I love the DeAndre Swift thing. I actually have him as running back eight in my rankings. So um I have him as an earl, very early second round guy. So love that. My next one is Gabe Davis. Why? I mean, Dan kind of stole my thunder here, just talking up talking about Stefan Diggs, but Gabe Davis is the same dude. Like Gabe Davis is going as like RB like 27 right now. The dude's going to end up as a top 18 wide receiver by like guaranteed. Like this dude is taking up all of the targets that Sanders had. He exploded at the end of the year. Let's not forget like who dominated in that chiefs bills game, right? Like it was, it was Gabe Davis. So Give me Gabe Davis all day. I get him in every single draft. I love that. Uh, next one, Najee Harris. Not very high on Najee Harris this year. He's going to get his looks. He's going to get tons of touches. Um, but I just really am not high on him. I don't. I don't get him in any draft because he goes top like eight, and I just don't think he's worth that um this offensive line is still questionable don't know what's going on the wide receiver or sorry don't know what's going on at the quarterback position the wide receivers are already starting to get dinged up a little bit I don't know like and Harris just he showed last year that like he wasn't breaking off huge runs either um last year he had a monster year and that's partially because Big Ben like was like if I had the ball in my hand for more than 1.3 seconds That's a mistake on my part, and I need to hurry and just dump it off. So uh, just not as high on Najee Harris. Obviously, if you can get him in late late round one, like, sure, but, like, that's just not going to happen. He just goes so early.
0: Okay. So now where I'm going with this is the exact opposite of where Dan Kiefer went just a little bit ago when talking about the receivers of the Philadelphia Eagles where A.J. Brown can't stay healthy, and Devontae Smith is pretty much just going to be the guy. I don't trust any receiver in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform this year with Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. I just, I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a good fantasy quarterback, but I don't know if I look at those receivers as good, reliable receivers just throughout the entire season in terms of fantasy and just being realistically honest, because I think when we saw Jalen Hurts last year in that playoff game against Tampa, it showed every weakness that he has as a thrower of the football. And with that, So did every other defensive coordinator in the league saw that game and watched it and goes, let's just replicate that. We can do the same thing here. Just force him out of the pocket, make sure we have someone spying where he can't escape and run past the line of scrimmage and force him to make a throw on the run. In doing so, it takes a lot of his power in his arm, and I just don't trust it throughout an entire season. And I also do not like the fact that when we saw the Eagles offense last year, it took the entire fan base – erupting and just begging for them to run the ball with Miles Sanders before they did. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Now we're having some success. Maybe, you know, this year you just kind of ride with that or start off with it and things get figured out. But at the same time, I personally just don't trust any of these Philadelphia wide receivers with Jalen Hurts as our quarterback.
1: Yeah. I see what you're saying, Austin. And I I agree to an extent. um, I was saying more like the discount on Devonta Smith. Like for example, last night I drafted him at the end of the 10th round. You know when I was going to see he the people after him go figure were Miles Sanders or Shad Penny, uh, Deshaun Watts and then Amari Cooper. Like I think at that level you got to take the discount, folks. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying take don't take him round fives and take the discount. No player should ever come off your board, but feel free to push a player down your board to the point where are like, okay, at this point I have to take it. You know what I'm saying? So I go to me. I I don't think he has top five upside or anything like that, but I think he's a safe player. But like in your flex position, something like that. My next is, uh, thing is to stack rookie running backs late only. So this is not a Damian Pierce segment. Okay, folks, I'm sorry. If you want to take him round four, you go right ahead. Go for it. Won't be me. All right, sorry. Not a T-shirt. Uh, I'm talking late. So we're talking our Tyler Algiers and recently Kenneth Walker. I just talked how I took Devonta Smith at the end of the 10th on the turn. I had the third pick in the 11th round. I took Kenneth Walker. The discount is insane. Pete Carroll loves to run the ball as long as he's not on the one yard line. So, the discount here with him having the hernia surgery, or I guess it's just a procedure, right? That's what Pete Carroll said. We're not, we're not saying what it was. It was, quote, unquote, a procedure. Could still possibly play week one. Rashad Penny has never stayed healthy. Every year we see this. I started doing this uh, three or four years ago. It was J.K. Dobbins' rookie year. I drafted J.K. Dobbins in the last round because he wasn't going to be the starter. I think it was maybe Mark Ingram. I can't remember who exactly it was. I'm like, no, no, no. Late in the year, J.K. Dobbins is going to take the role, and this kid's awesome. Okay. Do the same thing with Kenneth Walker, draft him late and just mentally prepare yourself that you're probably not going to play in the first three or four weeks. But when we get into the dog days, instead of paying through the nose on fab or having to trade for a running back late in the year, when the playoffs start, you already have Kenneth Walker on your team and you're rolling in the playoffs and you got a guy who can put up, you know, that 15, 20 points a week. So take rookie running backs late that have starting potential. Uh, Next thing is CD lamb talked about wide receivers drafted outside of the first round. It finishes wide receiver one who the hell's catching the ball in Dallas. (laughs) Dak Prescott's going to get his right. Well, it's not like Jerry Jones is going to waddle his old ass down to the field and start catching passes. So somebody's got to catch CD lamb's been a baller since Oklahoma. He's going to ball again every year. He gets better this year. I could see CDM going absolutely nuclear. And in the draft I was in last night, I think he went roughly the same as uh, the draft I had last week. And there he is, end of round three, pick 3-7 three, in a 12-team league. Absolutely criminal, folks. If you can get CeeDee Lamb late second, early third, do
2: it in a heartbeat. For the record, I took CeeDee Lamb bet of leading the NFL in receptions. Not receiving yards, but receptions. Okay.
0: Who's catching the ball in Dallas? Like. <laughs> Oh, my God, that was freaking perfect Uh, for me. But this isn't really more of a take. It's more of a question for you guys and maybe everyone else that's drafting these guys here because I don't know if I can trust them, and I don't know if you guys can either. But, again, I want to ask, can you trust Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson as your starting quarterbacks this year? This is real football. This is fantasy as well because I know as fantasy quarterbacks, hey, it works out. It's good. I've also been a key person who – Takes Russell Wilson as my quarterback in kind of the later rounds just because it's like he's there. You get him kind of in the middle later, and it's like, all right, I have my running backs, I have my receivers going quarterback. Boom, there's Russell Wilson. Let's roll with it. And it just hasn't panned out for me throughout the entire season. And this is kind of where I go because can you trust those two? They both start out the year hot, and it's like, ooh. Russell Wilson, he's not been voted as an MVP yet, not ever received one in his entire career. Is this the year? Kyler Murray, year two in the league. is like, okay, we saw Patrick Mahomes win in year two. We saw uh, Lamar Jackson win MVP in year two. Is Kyler Murray going to win the MVP in year two? Absolutely did not. What about year three? False. Year four. Gets a contract, has to study a certain amount of time, and it shows in a study that his numbers drop drastically when a new Call of Duty game drops. I just don't know if I trust these guys as a starting quarterback to play a consistent, good amount of football through an entire season. Yeah, so I think, think my it's My cra- question to you guys is, can you?
1: I think it's crazy that you compared these two, because last year, late in the year, we saw Russell Wilson say that, you know, right now, Kyler Murray needs to be on the sideline, firing up his dudes, let him know it's our time, you know, one drive, that's all that matters, we're going. And there was Kyler with a pouty face on, sitting on the bench. So, I think from a maturity standpoint, and I get that, like, I don't know these two on a personal level but from what I can tell from you know following football rather closely I trust Russell more than I do Kyler and that's from a maturity standpoint I think skill wise Kyler has the talent to finish as a quarterback one especially in that system at the same time I see Russell going somewhere he's always been incredibly efficient with the ball in limited pass attempts you know he's only getting 23 27 attempts a game in Seattle I think Denver's going to let him air it out I think if Russell gets to air it out with those weapons, he's going to ball and he's definitely going to be worth that late value, you know, value where you take these guys going to have to come to it too. You might have to take Kyler in the fourth or fifth round versus Russell in the, you know, eight, nine, 10th round. So I think that comes into it as well. So personally between those two, given the value, I would take Russell Wilson 10 out of 10 times.
2: Yeah, I mean, he just literally stole everything I was going to say. Uh, I was all in on Kyler last year; it worked out, and I'm not. I'm not going to have Kyler on a single team this year. Russ, I truly do believe, um, and I like the approach. If you're not going to go after one of the top three or four wide or quarterbacks, just wait and take Russ late. So, yeah, I'm all in on Russ in in that scenario. Cool. Next one. Um, Running back. So the, everybody talks about the running back dead zone where, you know, it just sucks where you're having to take guys like Josh Jacobs and those type of guys. Um, my strategy this year has really been I mean, for the most part, has been try to get a couple of studs early and then take all the wide receivers in the middle. Um, While everybody else has to take the running backs in the dead zone and then wait until that next phase. And that is taking Chase Edmonds, Rashad Penny, those type of guys just to get some high upside guys that can really, really explode. Uh, Dan and I have talked about this a few times. I mean, when Edmonds was the guy in Arizona, like he was averaging something like 19 fantasy points a game when he was like the starter, the guy. And given, yeah, did it only happen like five or six times total? Yes. So small sample size, but like that's what he's going to be with the Miami dolphins. So that's where I'm at there. Um, Next one talking about super deep wide receivers. Dan said that Brandon Iuke is the guy this year for me. Like I really like Brandon Iuke Debo going way too early. Debo had this historic year of like some crazy stat of like his depth of reception was only like eight yards, but he had, he had the highest yards per reception at 18 which means just run after catch which is that's just unheard of like 10 an extra 10 yards averaging that like that's insane I think that Trey Lance is going to be throwing it downfield more scrambling more I think that's going to help IU and kittle more than it helps Debo guys like Christian Kirk I mean he's the number one guy if people want to make fun of the contract or whatever like he's the number one guy he played half of a game with Lawrence in preseason in half of that game he had I think nine targets in half of a game like, he's going to get so many targets, and we talk about this all the time. Fantasy, it is about opportunity, sometimes more than talent.
0: Absolutely. Sorry, I went back to that Eagles trade here because, you know, you hop on Twitter real quick and everyone's like, man, this roster is absolutely loaded. We'll save that conversation for another day at the same – but I just – I'm not a believer in Philadelphia. I just want to go ahead and throw that out there right now. I am not a believer in the Philadelphia Eagles in any way, shape, or form as of Tuesday, August 30th at 10 40 AM central time. Cause knowing my ass in about six weeks, we'll be like fucking Eagles are winning it all. Cause that's just how my luck works sometimes. So my last one here for my fantasy sleeper, and I don't even know if it's a sleeper anymore because I think everyone's also just on the same page, but I think Derek Carr should have an absolutely just out of this world stellar season. Josh McDaniel's coming in as your new head coach from New England. Derek Carr, we've seen him at his best. I know I've said this several times on this show. Derek Carr is at his best when the ball is getting out of his hand very quickly. One thing that we've not seen Derek Carr have throughout a majority of his career with the Raiders is just good, reliable targets throughout an entire season. You have more than one right now with Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the league. Hunter Renfro, one of the best route runners in the NFL. And then you throw in Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the NFL. I know the question is there around the offensive line. When you have Josh McDaniels and the greatness of his offense at times that we got to see in New England with Tom Brady as his quarterback. And even last year with Mac Jones, when you get the ball out of the quarterback's hand quickly into these playmakers hands and you let them go just be themselves, good things are going to happen. And I think that is only going to make things so much easier and better for Derek Carr. And honestly, I would not be surprised if he's even in discussions for an MVP. We saw last year what he did in handling every single bit of adversity that surrounded the Las Vegas Raiders. He was the one guy that everyone in that entire organization looked to to lead them out of the mud and out of the darkness into the light. The Al Davis torch, right? Boom, who's the one holding it right now? It's fucking Derek Carr. And to me, I think he should have an absolutely stellar year again, and there's no reason we should be doubting him heading into this football season.
1: Yeah, twin baby. I think the only thing that can like stop. That Carr is maybe his brother, David making more <laughs> ludicrous claims. Like, cause that just makes everybody heel turn and it makes you hate him. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. My final tip sleeper, whatever you want to call it when you're going into your draft is honestly, guys, I think we can all be mature enough to realize there's really only four, free fantasy football tight ends. And that's Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts, and Mark Andrews. To a lesser extent, I think he's still up there with George Kittle. With a quarterback change, you always wonder how the target's going to be divided up. So you want to throw Kittle in, I'm fine with it. If you can't get one of those guys, wait. Don't do the Waller thing. Don't do the uh, TJ Hawkinson thing. Just wait. Take your Cole Komets late. Take Irv Smith late. David Njoku, I mean, shout out that 2017 draft class. Shit, throw Evan Ingram in there. He's been targeted like crazy in the preseason. By the way, uh, Evan Ingram, breakout season, uh, reported he was the first person at practice working the jugs. And he was also the last person at practice working the jugs. So I'm let to buckle up. Good have a t shirt. Could have a t shirt coming, Duval. Uh, but seriously, guys, if you don't get one of these top tight ends, just wait. Seriously. After that point, you're just hoping your guy catches a touchdown. I traded for T.J. Hawkinson last year in a dynasty league, thinking he was going to break out. And guess what? I ended up sad and praying that he catches a touchdown on one of his four targets every week. All right, so just wait. Use your draft capital responsibly, and then yeah, like I said, grab your Cole Comets, grab your whoever you want late, you know, because just bring Zach Ertz, yeah, Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz for the first five weeks of the year. Yep.
2: All right. That does it for us, guys. That was an awesome episode. Really loved it. Um, one last thing, auction stays superior to snake drafts, just so I had to say it because I say it every single year. So there we go. Good Dude. luck to everybody's team. What? What do you got? I was going to say, like,
1: all, I, all I want is a, I, I have yet to be in an auction league, and I want to be in one so bad. We tried to line it up this year. We were going to do, in my opinion, the best way to do an auction, as someone who's never done one, is we were going to have everybody on. And with the players that were up, for auction, we're going to be random. So like you didn't get to pick who went up; it went random. So shit, Jonathan Taylor might be the tenth or twentieth player up on the auction block. So nice. I think yeah. that'd be wild.
2: Yeah, I like. All right, that. Please continue. Like that.
1: Continue with your conclusion. Sorry,
2: sorry, I messed everybody up no you're good i mean like i just have i have data to back it up and it is i like it way more and uh it's the most fair way so that's pure data like you can't you cannot convince me otherwise um but it is the fairest way so and it's also the most fun draft way so um but that does it for us good luck on everybody's bets this weekend good luck to all your college football teams next week it is back to nfl and college let's ride let's go we appreciate you all and today we've been talking football